This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We talk international cricket test match cricket as New Zealand has ended day one of the third cricket test against England at Headingley in Leeds. At 225 for the loss of five. Daryl Mitchell, what a summer in England he is having. 78 not out. Tom Blundell, 45 not out, continuing his fine form also. Uh, the scenario of day one, New Zealand opted to bat after winning the toss. Lost a wicket in the first over and three before lunch. England claimed two more in the middle session as New Zealand crawled to 125, sorry, 123-45 at the second interval. England going well at that stage, but crucially, did not review a tight LBW decision against Daryl Mitchell when he was on eight. And come the end of the day, Mitchell and Bundle have amassed another 100-run stand. I think that's their third successive 100-plus stand for the series. Once again, a big t- talking point revealed itself with the naming of the New Zealand side at the toss. Michael Bracewell named as a frontline spinner. Boy, you couldn't have got couldn't have got me to say that six months ago. Uh, he will bat at number eight. Rather interesting. You generally don't look at your number eight for runs in Test cricket. It's generally with the ball first and foremost, where they uh, need to make an impact. It's a big challenge for Bracewell, who has all of 30 first-class wickets. Uh, at least New Zealand named Neil Wagner. That will calm Twitter down for 24 hours at least after he was, um, in my opinion, inexplicably left out of both uh, the uh, two tests for which New Zealand lost. Uh, while New Zealand were bolstered by the return of Kane Williamson, it was hard work for the New Zealand top order. Latham, no score. Young, 20. Williamson, 31. Conway, 26. And Nichols, 19. There you go. There's the anatomy of the day. Let's get some analysis. And we're utterly thrilled to welcome into the uh, program, the third is Dulcet Tones. Uh, on our coverage here on SENZ, it is Nikesh Rugani who joins us after a long, arduous day. Good morning, good evening to you, Nikesh. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on the show. Uh, how was my summation of the day's play? Yeah, I think you've quite summed it up pretty well. Uh, good afternoon, uh, good evening, uh, whatever time it is, wherever you're listening, everybody, good morning uh, over in New Zealand. Yeah, it's, it's been a uh, a long day, but uh, in the end, I think uh, New Zealand got out of jail, as you mentioned. They're 123 for five, and once again, these two to the rescue, Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell. They've done it time and time again on this tour, haven't they, for, for the Black Caps? Whenever the top order has failed, and it's been quite regularly in this series, they have stepped up and delivered, and uh, England will... England felt, it felt like they were meandering along towards the end of the day in that evening session and late on in the afternoon session as well. The game was just passing them by. And Ben Stokes, to really talk about his um, attitude as a captain and this new brand of cricket that he and Baz McCullum have brought to this England side. I tell you what, if Joe Root was still captain, uh, Twitter and all forms of social media would be laying into his captaincy for not being proactive enough. And I think Stokes uh, has to take some blame for, for the way that uh, England perhaps let New Zealand back into the game. Uh, that's not to say that Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell 
don't take any credit for what they did. Absolutely fabulous partnership once more. Um, but yeah, some strange decisions with Joe Root coming in for a prolonged spell with the ball, bowling in tandem with uh, Jack Leach when conditions were, were perfectly suited to see him bowling. Why did Stokes not bowl himself? That's another yep. big question. Perhaps you know he might have picked up a niggle from the previous test. Um, but yeah, I think England will feel that they've let New Zealand off the hook after that. Well, as you've mentioned, New Zealand have struggled in their top order throughout this series. And no bigger example than Tom Latham, who has all of 45 runs this series. And, of course, uh, dismissed early again. You know, I, 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 how should we reflect on this series? Just one, one of those poor runner forms? Has he been exposed? It's, you know, I'd love to get your sort of uh, expert opinion because he is yeah, a crucial player for New Zealand who is not really fronted. That's right, yeah. I mean, absolutely crucial player. He's been a wonderful player over many years uh, in the black cap. Um, it's just not happened, has it? And we, we've seen that with touring sides in England uh, quite a bit. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Virat Kohli in 2014 or whether you're Tom Latham here in 2022. It can happen to the best players in the world. The ball is swinging around. It's slightly different conditions. Even to New Zealand, yes, people say it sort of swings around in New Zealand. Yes, it does, but slightly different uh, pitches, slightly different uh, you know, types of bowlers that England possess in this attack. And it's just been disciplined bowling from England, that sort of fourth, fifth, sixth stump line outside that off stump and just getting him to fish away, away from his body. Maybe, maybe it's a technical thing, maybe it's a mental thing, maybe he's too eager to get bats on ball when he should be leaving things alone. And we've seen that not just from him, but a few of the New Zealanders throughout the series, uh, we saw it with Conway again today, getting that inside edge, just playing well away from his body. Balls you don't need to be playing at. So a little bit to do with discipline, um, but as I say, it can happen to the best players in the world. Virat Kohli uh, famously in 2014 was a victim of that and then uh, sort of went away and worked on a couple of little technical things, but it was more of a mental thing, really, and then came back uh, on the next tour of England and did fabulously well. So Tom Latham certainly... Uh, you know, nothing, uh, you know, we're not going to criticise his class and, and what he's done for New Zealand over the years. I don't think he's been exposed as such. It's just one of those things, a slight mm. technical thing, maybe a slight mental thing, a combination of those two things. Uh, he will be back for sure. But it's, it's happened to a few of the guys, is not it, this tour? Yeah, Nagesh Rugani, who's been part of our commentary team here with us here on uh, the SENZ Matariki Breakfast with myself, Daniel McCarty. Lots of starts in that top order, Conway, uh, Williamson, Young will be frustrated. Um, I think, though, Henry Nichols probably the most frustrated of the top five. <laughs> Can you please paint the picture of how this man was dismissed? Because um, it's it's downright funny. It's weird. Um, it's strange. Yeah. He probably didn't see the funny side of it. But, you know, explain to the, those listeners right now how exactly uh, he fell victim to Jack Leach. Well, I... We, our commentary position is, is quite high up. We're on the fourth level. of the, the. If you've seen the pictures on TV, it's that spaceship kind of green-looking building opposite the rugby stand side of the ground, uh, just, just above the pavilion. And it, it might not sound a lot, four stories, but they are big stories, and we are quite high up there. We've got a good line sort of behind the bowler from one end, um, so we are quite well-positioned in that respect, but we are quite a, far away from the action. It's almost like being at the MCG or something, so I'm just glad... <laughs> I was on air for that, and uh, me and Craig McMillan um, both actually spotted it as it happened, which kind of shocked us that we, we saw all, almost as if it was happening in slow motion. 
Uh, so basically, Jack Leach comes into bowl to Henry Nichols. Nichols plays a wonderful shot. He dances down the track, looks to smash him back towards the sight screen. It's uh, going at about sort of chest, maybe stomach height, somewhere in between that. And it's going towards the umpire, or sort of between the umpire and the non-striker, which is Daryl Mitchell. Mitchell tries to avoid the ball even more, leaves his bat out there, and Daryl Mitchell is batting so well at the moment that he middles it. He doesn't cut <laughs> the edge of his bat, he middles it. And it almost takes the pace, actually, off the ball, but completely changes the direction. And it just lobs up into the hands of Alex Lees at mid-on, the easiest catch he will ever take. And it was, it was actually a beautiful shot, that, by Henry Nichols. He was just starting to feel a bit more comfortable. He'd faced 99 deliveries at the crease, uh, only scored 19 in the end. So he was really digging in at a time when New Zealand needed somebody just to stick around a bit. Did a really good job, I feel, and was finally looking to unleash and break the shackles. And uh, yeah, what a way to get out. And uh, he's got his partner to thank down at the other end for not getting the bat out of the way in time. Yeah, so caught mid-on via the non-striker. You know, just, just your average day yeah. at the office. Just your average day at the office. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, did well, it you... Kind of sums up this tour, doesn't it? It sums up this tour for the Black Caps, doesn't it? Just, just those little moments of luck, just have them on their way. Yeah, indeed. Daryl Mitchell, though, is making every post a winner. Uh, might actually uh, be usurping Henry Nichols um, in the number five spot when New Zealand get back to a, a fully fit uh, side. And I'm thinking to Gronholm because there is a lack of balance in the side and, I don't want you to comment on that. I just want you, to, Nikesh, to, to rather dig into what you have seen from Daryl Mitchell over the series because the number's quite extraordinary. Outstanding, yeah. And, and as we mentioned earlier, he was a little bit lucky early on, that LBW shout, uh, which DRS would have given us out and overturned umpire Mariah Rasmus's decision of not out. But, but that's, you know, partly the umpire's fault, but also England's fault boulder's fault stokes's fault for for not reviewing that decision when when they had reviews left and then they ended up reviewing a really dodgy one uh, late on in the day where which was clearly not out so it's it's, it's england's fault really for, for not taking the most of that and daryl mitchell making that count uh, there was a similar incident at trent bridge when he got 190 in the previous game where he was dropped on three but you know what as a test cricketer you've you've got to make these moments count you, you are going to get things going against you you're going to get little bits of luck sometimes and, and when you do get that bit of luck you've got to cash in and he has cashed in absolutely big time he, he saved New Zealand's bacon in that first innings uh, in that second innings rather at Lords and then first innings at uh, Trent Bridge absolutely brilliant along with Tom Blunder at the other end and, and that time Blunder was able to get to his century as well he wasn't even going to play Daryl Mitchell was he at Lords he, he, he was almost in the team by default and uh, now almost undroppable. He's averaging well over 60 in his short test career so far. He's, he's got his 300 so far, two in this series, of course. He, he's on course to make it three in three test matches in this series. He looks assured. He's got a good technique. He's just so calm at the crease. And even when wickets have been falling around him in some of the previous innings that he's played, he has looked on a different planet to everybody else, almost in comparison, I'd say, with how Joe Root has been in this England side over the last 18 months or so, everybody's failing around him. He just comes to the crease, and there's that sense of calm aura around him, that assured, uh, you know, he's very assured in his technique. He knows exactly what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, and he doesn't bother with anything too wide of the off stump. But if it's in his arc, if it's short, he'll pull and hook, he'll take it on, he'll play it really well, he'll drive well down the ground as well. He's just been a 
a delight to watch. And, uh, yeah, at the moment, undroppable. Uh, and uh, the listeners out there, if you're wondering, is this some sort of record if Daryl Mitchell makes a, a third consecutive 103 tests? No, Don Bradman, Sir Don Bradman did it six tests in a row, six tests, uh, not to mention two other occasions where he did it four tests in a row to calm the farm. But Daryl Mitchell's been absolutely magnificent for New Zealand. Uh, when I see that Jack Leach has bowled 30 overs on day number one, it was obviously a bat first wicket, and spin is obviously going to be a, a huge factor. Um, are you at a loss? New Zealand have selected nothing more than a part-timer as their lone spinner? Yeah, we were shocked, actually, when we got the team news through uh, at the toss. It was, everybody was predicting that Ajaz Patel was going to be in the side and then they were going to go in with the two spinners. And, and that not just because of, of the fact that England have got two spin options and then they want to go light for light, but the, the pitch, the conditions, it was very hot today. I know we had that rain interruption late on in the day, but it started off as an absolute scorcher, a really dry wicket, which is very unusual for Headingley. And um, Craig McMillan, Macca, was, was saying he spoke to some of the players a couple of days out from the test, and they said it was ready to play on then, and that is very unusual. So it's almost like a day two, day three pitch even going in to the first morning of the test. So you were expecting a bit of turn right from day one. And uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? They play Ajaz Patel at Lords when the conditions just don't suit him at all and uh, doesn't play at Trent Bridge when, you know, that was another dry wicket they could have done with that different option uh, rather than going in too seam heavy. And then uh, they don't play him here when, when the conditions are perfect and, and England go in with the two spinners. I just can't understand it. None of us really can on the uh, SENZ commentary team uh, as to why that decision has been made. He's clearly a fabulous talent. Uh, we saw what he did in India, taking 10 wickets in an innings, and that was his, his last test match before this series. He bowled a couple of overs at Nord, so that's really his last proper outing in the uh, New Zealand cap. Um, so just really strange decision. I don't know if it's a fear of, of playing a frontline spinner. They've been quite reluctant since the retirement of Daniel Vittori to, to really go in with that spin option uh, as a frontline bowler. They've tended to rely on part-timers wherever possible, and, and that's what they've gone with again with with Michael Bracewell, who, who did a steady job at Trent Bridge, but he's, he's not going to run through a side. Ajaz Patel has got the potential to do so, and uh, if somebody like Jack Leach, who hasn't really, I, I wouldn't say, got half the talent or half the skill of somebody like an Ajaz Patel, if Jack Leach can bowl as well as he did on day one, creating chances, getting big turn, taking a couple of wickets, Ajaz Patel, particularly bowling fourth, bowling last on this pitch, would have been an absolute nightmare to face. So, uh, yeah, really strange decision and uh, one that England will be very happy with, I'm sure. Nikesh, I'll get you out on this one. What's a competitive first innings total? Well, given the conditions and, and given the pitch, uh, you would initially say you've got to get over 400. You win the toss, you bat first on this, you've got to get over 400. New Zealand are, are quite a way off that at the moment. Um, I'd say, given the position they are in, they would be happy with anything 350 plus, and uh, and that would be a reasonable total. I feel there are some showers forecast for tomorrow, so you know we might get a bit of cloud cover, a bit of moisture in the air. The ball might swing around for the New Zealand seamers later on uh, tomorrow afternoon, so there might be a little bit of help for them. So I think 350 plus, uh, 400 would be ideal, but that seems a long way off at the moment. Uh, but yeah, 350 plus, and uh, New Zealand are right in this game. Nikesh, thanks so much for doing overtime and joining us this morning or this evening. Uh, thanks so much. Enjoy the remainder of the series. Keep up the great work. Thanks a lot. Take care.
Rakesh Raghani joining us, part of our commentary team, uh, being fronted by Adam Collins, of course. Birthday boy, happy birthday to uh, Jeremy Coney from the other day. I, I don't think I'm allowed to mention the number. It's 70. Oh, I just mentioned the number. Although, um, as Jerry would point out, how's this been, Francis? If Jeremy Coney lived, you know, half of that number, what's that, 35, add that, 105, he'd still be younger than his mother. Passed away at 106. So all going well, Jeremy Coney will be calling cricket on SCNZ for, what, another 20-odd years? At least. Sounds young and sprightly. Very happy birthday to one of the very best in the business, uh, Jeremy Coney, uh, from a couple of days ago. Rakesh Raghani uh, offering his thoughts. Your thoughts are welcome. The lines are open. 0800 150 That is our number. 0800 150 What is the talking point of day number one? It's got to be Daryl Mitchell. This is Mitchell's series, isn't it? Mitchell series. Uh, quite incredible. 13, 108, 190, 62 not out. And now uh, looking at another test match, 100. This is a guy who probably has now leapfrogged Henry Nichols. If everyone's fit and available for the next test, he would bat five and Nichols might struggle to make the lineup. Would you agree with that? And Nichols, for, for me, at home, he's been excellent. Seven test match hundreds, excellent. Fabulous uh, record at home. Away from home, alarm bells ringing very loud in my ears. 15 test matches, averages 22 away from home. He's got to find a way to score runs at a comparable rate to what he has done at home. Uh, and Daryl Mitchell, undroppable, as Nikesh did point out. Maybe it's selections you want to talk about on 0800 150 yeah, I, I'm baffled about AJ's Patel um, not getting a start in this match, second test for that matter, especially after being played at Lords, where it did look semi-friendly, the most unspinner-friendly conditions they played him, used him for all of two overs, so Stokes targeted him, taken out of the attack, not seen again. And New Zealand have a specialist spinner named Bracewell. Hey, we've seen that before, but uh, Michael Bracewell is a part-timer. He's a top-order batsman for Wellington to bowl some part-time spins. So um, I have, I've been left baffled by that. I hope Michael Bracewell uh, shoves it up me um, and spins a merry web around the English. I, I really do. But uh, some very interesting selections throughout this tour. Uh, hopefully New Zealand can... Uh, redeem themselves somewhat over the uh, the following four days and actually make this 2-1. Of course, England having wrapped up the series, the three-match series after winning the opening two tests. Your thoughts always welcome. 0800 150 You can text us on double eight double three. We'll play some highlights a little bit later uh, this hour of that uh, opening uh, day's play. Uh, for those who were uh, deep asleep and uh, missed what was a real grind for the first two sessions for New Zealand after T England sort of taking their foot off the pedal, allowing New Zealand to, to get some impetus and momentum, uh, free up the scoring rate. Now I get to over three runs and over in that uh, final session, far quicker than the first two. Thanks to once again Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell, who's had a, a magnificent series as well. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.